0: Welcome to the New Money Habits podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa.
1: Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside me, my partner on the airways as always. It is Sarah Jones. Sarah, your background's different again. (laughs) How are you and where are you?
0: Hey Nino. Hey everyone. Um, I am doing pretty well. Um, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you, this having to leave my home, the camper is my home, but having to leave it, um, to get any work done because we do not have internet access at our, um, where we're staying, it's getting a little bit old. Um, so just keeping it real with you all. And this is part of RV life. You know, you run into some of these circumstances, right? Um, but we are still in Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. And um, uh, we'll be here for a couple more weeks. So still getting used to this uh, um, sitting in another area. You might see some other backgrounds in the future, too, if you watch.
1: <laughs> the RV life. It's got its highs, and it's got some challenges. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the understatement.
1: fair enough well today um i'm I'm really looking forward to our conversation because we're going to be answering a question found on social media where the the long and the short of it ends up being that um somebody who is in college is wondering how do they get started you know whether they you know they have a steady job or kind of If they work, then they don't work because they're doing school or whatever. But just so, how does somebody in their early 20s get started? But before we do that, don't miss out on valuable financial insights. Subscribe to the new Money Habits podcast today and unlock a wealth of knowledge to empower your financial journey. Stay up to date with the latest episodes as Sarah and I discuss practical tips, host expert guests, and have thought-provoking discussions on all things money-related Hit that subscribe button now and join our community of savvy listeners. And if you're ready to take your financial growth to the next level, it's time to schedule that free discovery call with Sarah or myself today. During your personalized session, we will discuss your specific financial goals, gain clarity on your challenges, and explore how working with a financial coach can accelerate your progress. Don't miss out on the valuable opportunity. Book your free discovery call now and create the new money habits needed to achieve financial freedom. Financial freedom. The 20-somethings already have it in large parts because they're usually not uh, Mm. destroyed by debt and and that sort of thing. Unless, of course, maybe they entered into college taking out student loans. That's a different discussion for a different day. Sarah, how do the 20-somethings get started? If my memory serves, you have a couple of those, don't you? (laughs)
0: 20-somethings? I do have... I do have a couple of those. And, you know, one thing that I just want to remind our listeners, if you are in that 20 something, we've all been your age at some point. So, um, you know, sometimes we might seem really old to you, but we were 20 something, um, (laughs) before we've, we've been in your shoes. Um, and I do have two 20 somethings now. My son actually just turned 24. My daughter will be 21 in a couple of months. And so, This really, this question really hits home for me um, because it's a good reminder for me um, that life is different, you know, and there are different goals. And the way we look at life is very different when we're in our early, you know, 20s versus when we're 40 something. Right, Nino?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, 22 times over again, something like that. I don't know.
0: (laughs) We don't need to say exactly, but.
1: (laughs) Right. I think I want to say this. I think regardless of whether you're 20 something or you're older and you're listening today and, and maybe you have children who are in their 20s, everybody starts in the exact same place. So whenever you get started managing your money, you start with a plan. Bottom line, right? Every single person, no matter where your your starting point is, start with a plan.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, this is something that I talked with both of my kids about, you know. And um, we talk a lot about money together now, which is really nice because money was not communicated in my household. My parents did not talk about money um, with me. Um, And so this is how you know, on a couple of episodes, we talked about kind of breaking those generational curses, those generational cycles. And this is one way that I'm doing it, you know, with my own 20 somethings, right, is having these money conversations with them. But, you know, we very much talk about, um, you know, what it, and they don't necessarily see, I don't think as far in the future as maybe we do, you know, in our forties and, and so forth. Right. And so I do ask them, you know, what do you want the next couple of years to look like? You know, what is your focus for the next couple of years? What are you trying to accomplish? What is, you know, and I ask them maybe deeper questions like that. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, let's put your plan together right away. I kind of start with some other questions like, so you're working. Yes, you've got bills, but what do you want in life on top of just paying your bills, right? Bills are given for all of us, but what do you want that's beyond that? And um, that's been a really good kind of opening question to have with both of the kids, you know, to ask them, what do you want beyond just work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I appreciate you saying as much, right. Because it, it definitely starts with goal setting, short-term goal setting, long-term goal setting, depending on, you know, what that 20 something is, is, uh, how f- far ahead they're willing to look. You know, I've taken on mm-hmm. a, um, a couple recently, I'm actually coaching them independently because, uh, th- they're, although they're dating, they're not married and their, their finances are not, um, joined. So, uh, coaching them independently, but each of them, it starts with that same question, really, like, what do you, what do you want to achieve? What are you looking to do? What do you want your money to do for you? So beyond just paying the bills, like you said a moment ago, it's what else are you trying to achieve with your money? And, um, you know, having conversations with, uh, people who are either still in college or just out of college, it is really interesting to kind of hear what, what it is that they want their money to do for them. Um, in one case, it was very, very important to have a travel fund, money to just travel with. That was part of what um, the uh, the female of the the couple really wanted. But then that kind of spurred and inspired the male of the couple, like, Oh, well, I probably want to travel with you. So maybe I too should have a travel fund. But, you know, that's just one example of uh, outside of the bills, what else do they want their money to do for them? Well, they want to be able to travel and they want to be able to do that together. So.
0: I love that. I love that. You know, um, it's so funny. My son, you know, like I said, he just turned 24 uh, uh, about two weeks ago, actually. And, you know, We've kind of been talking about, um, some of these things very similarly, you know, that you're working on with your clients and, and, um, he, my son has been working a lot of shifts at work. He's had only two days off this whole month so far from work. And he's, I don't necessarily advocate that. Um, but he was like, man, mom, I'm tired. And I said, yeah. I said, I bet you are. And he said, but my bank account really likes this. And I said, yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> and, um, you know, so he's, he's kind of caught between working a lot, you know, and making a lot of money and how nice it feels to have that money in his bank account. But beyond that, um, you know, he is traveling a little bit this summer. He loves to go to concerts, you know, and so his kind of mm-hmm. quote unquote extra money, that's so he can buy tickets to go to concerts and. And, you know, about a year ago, we were talking about the, the option for him to look at purchasing a property. Now I'm going to put this caveat. I don't believe everybody needs to be a homeowner, but we were looking at it in terms of investment, right? That, that he maybe lives in part of it and rents out a bedroom or, you know, purchases a, purchases a duplex and rents out the other side. So most of his mortgage is being paid, right? and he's kind of his own landlord mm-hmm. at that time. And um, so it's kind of building some wealth and you know all of that. And when I first brought that up to him, he was like, nope, 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 absolutely not, not interested. And it's so funny, Nino, it wasn't maybe six months later, he says, mom, I'd really like to talk about what that would look like. Right. And I think this is mm-hmm. important to remember that if you are, if you do have children that are this age that when you're trying to, to teach them, right, and have these conversations, they might not necessarily pick up on it right away. It might take some time for them to, to let it kind of sink in and, and then revisit it, you know, um, and I, to say, you know, to the question, the, 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 um, something that poses question to us, you know, almost the same thing here, you know, that really think about what's kind of been on your mind too. I know, you know, I don't want to get too off track here with starting with a plan, but I think it's really about your vision and what it is that you're wanting to create. And, and I would mm-hmm. say to the caller too, what do you want beyond, you know, what, what do you want your, how do you want your mm-hmm. dollars to work for you? I think that's a great line that you used. How do you want your dollars to work for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think the two really are one and the same. Right. To to be able to create a plan, you have to know what your vision is, because if you don't know what you're aiming at, then it, it doesn't matter. So it, it's about sitting down and figuring out, you know, what it is that you want. I am very intrigued by the younger generation right now and their um, apprehension to own real estate. Um, but I think we talked about this in a recent episode where if maybe we can reframe it for the younger generation. So in the, in the couple that I'm coaching, the, uh, uh, speaking with the male and he is, um, he's more keen to like the idea of real estate ownership, but he's like, it's not anytime soon. He's like, he knows that eventually that's going to be something that he wants, but it's not like within his five-year plan it's more maybe 10 or or so and so reframing it for him and saying well what if you weren't even looking for a place for yourself but you were actually looking for an asset that would then be income generating right um Mm. he's he's of different means he's he's coming into an inheritance and it's like well what am i going to do with that inheritance and you know he could simply just put it in in the market and kind of let the market dictate and fluctuate and do those things or you know we we're talking about the idea of buying physical assets but assets that appreciate in value and or are income generating but it all kind of goes back to you got to talk about what is the vision what's the plan and what do you want to achieve and kind of the timelines that you want to achieve it to help you kind of determine what is my plan because i got to pay my bills but what am i going to do with some of the surplus, surplus that I have left over.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, um, you know, something that was kind of come into mind when I was listening to you um, share that is that it doesn't all have to be figured out right away, right? Like you're kind of coming into a new season of life and it doesn't all have to be figured out all at once. And, and I really want to commend this, this 20 something that's asking this question, because quite frankly, at 20, I was not asking these types of questions. Right. And, and I know a lot of people right. aren't, and, and I too, I work with a lot of people that are in their twenties you know, early twenties, you know, kind of before marriage, before kids, you know, just kind of getting going. And mm. it's, it has been, um, fascinating conversations that I've learned a lot from them, you know, because there is a, a very different perspective on life, but, One thing that I think runs um, certainly with this question, um, answer seeker, right? And, And I'm sure with your clients and my clients is that they're eager to learn, right? They know that this is an area that maybe I don't feel real secure here, but I am eager to learn. And I think that that's good news for this generation because more people younger are starting to ask these types of questions. And I just want to commend all of you that are this age that are actually looking for upping your, your financial education and, and your financial literacy, right? That That's something that I think younger generation or older generations haven't moved towards as much. And so seeing the younger generations move and and want to learn, um, boy, that's encouraging. And I love it. I love it that they're open enough to, to be asking these questions.
1: Yeah, I saw a statistic recently about, uh, and I don't remember exactly the number, but let's say it was 30%. Like 30% of working adults have completed a financial literacy course of some sort, either in high school or college. But of that 30%, the overwhelming majority, like 70 plus percent, were millennials, wow. Gen Z. So the younger generation are the ones actually taking those types of courses and, and getting mm-hmm. a little bit of um you know financial literacy before going out there and to your point it's something that us older generations didn't necessarily have access to and our parents didn't help us but you know it, i think we get savvy questions like this from younger people because there is an increased awareness around i i don't want to fly blind i don't want to just mm-hmm. kind of wander aimlessly. Um, I'm amazed. I had a conversation with one of my younger brothers who is still in his 20s. He's about to he's about to exit his 20s, but um, even he he just bought his first place and they just closed on it recently and and all of that. But now that that goal has been achieved. He has those savvy questions about like, okay, what's next? Oh, my company just started offering a four hundred one k, and they offer a match. You know, what do I want to do there? And how much of a surplus do I have? Even after the acquiring of the house and look, re looking at the new budget, right? Like, what's what's shifting? What's my surplus? How much can I afford to put into a into this four hundred one k? And and can I put in enough that it's going to get the the match? And all just really savvy questions. And then you know not only how much can i put into it but then what should it be invested in and what's going to be my mm. my my best opportunity to grow that money and just really really savvy questions and it's it's exciting to work with younger people who have time on their side and maybe not have gotten themselves into as big of a financial mess you know i work with so many of my clients are in their 40s or 50s or maybe even nearing retirement and part of it is I'm trying to clean up this mess before I retire. And you know, I have a ton of debt and, and these things, all these obligations that I've gotten myself into, and they're trying to clean it up so that they can enjoy the retirement years Well, working with these younger people who don't have the mess to clean up and can just build it the right way. The first time mm-hmm. is super exciting.
0: I love it. And, and i always use the word refreshing right it's kind of it's kind of refreshing mm. um to to work with that group of of people and you know one thing that when i am working with those clients and you know again something that i've asked my kids um i want them to reflect on where have they handled some of these new seasons in their life that they've already been on right because i think sometimes we forget that we've already handled some really tough um things we've we've been in new seasons of life over the past couple of years you know high school maybe exiting high school you know getting into college those are still some challenging new um events in our life that we didn't necessarily know what was going to happen just like our money right and being prepared and learning about it so i like to ask them and have them reflect where have been some other areas of your life that you've handled you know some of these new journeys how did you handle them? What did you use, right, to get you through? What resources? And by doing that, allowing them to reflect that they've got a lot of this inside of them already, Nino. You know, I think they haven't developed the trust within themselves yet. And so that's what I want to try and bring yeah. out because trusting yourself with making decisions, money decisions is really important. And so I want them to recognize where they've trusted themselves in the past, you know, where they've come into new seasons and they've trusted their instincts and trusted, um, themselves to go in kind of blindly, but also come out much better on the other side because they had that trust and that belief and they knew what it is that they wanted. Right. And I think that that, I don't want to forget that piece of it when it comes to our money that, that, There are some mechanics with money that I think are very valuable, but also your gut instincts. If something doesn't feel right, then that's where you really explore, right? That's where you really take pause when making decisions. And I just want them to remember, you know, trust themselves when making those decisions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Trust yourself and and don't beat yourself up for not knowing yet, right? Mm -hmm. The key word in that sentence is yet. You don't know yet. Right, So there are tremendous resources out there uh, to kind of educate yourself. At the same time, there's probably too many resources. And so it's not, sometimes it's hard to discern what is actually uh, good advice and what isn't. But there's there's an old adage that says, don't invest in anything you don't understand. And that doesn't just mean investments. But like, if you don't, I, I'll say it this way. If you don't know how a checking account work, uh, works yet and you're on the process of learning that, well, then don't put your money there yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. Don't invest. Don't do something with your money until you're comfortable and knowledgeable and you feel like, okay, I understand what's happening here. So whether that's, I don't know, like, whether that's the big things like buying a house or a car or you know, taking out student loans for school. Those are like the, the big ones. But even something, for instance, again, working with this young couple, uh, the male of the young cu- couple has credit cards, is very c- comfortable in understanding how to avoid interest and that he only uses them for, for short-term purchases and things that he already has the cash for. The female, on the other hand, knows all these things conceptually, understands it, And it's all like, I'm just not ready. And that's cool, right? Like it's cool that she's she knows where her comfort level lies and where it isn't. So she's not going to, quote, invest in a credit card yet because she's still kind of feeling it all out and working it out, like theoretically in her head. And we have conversations about it so that she can feel more and more confident when it's time to apply for and obtain a credit card. So that's what I mean by don't invest in something. It's not just investments. It's don't do things with your money until you feel comfortable and confident in understanding how whatever you're about to do with your money is actually going to play out.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that, and I want to piggyback, piggyback off of that for a second, and and say that. It kind of goes back to what we said that you don't have to know it all right away, but pick one area, you know, kind of, I always like to say, pick one area that you, that you really want to learn a little bit more about. So if you're just starting out and, you know, creating that plan, maybe it is that budgeting, right? Maybe it is that money plan area that you say, you know, this is where I want my focus to be right now, because this is the kind of the catalyst to all other areas going forward. Right. And so then you just pick Mm -hmm. that one area to learn about and to feel more comfortable with. Then you start learning more about, um, you know, uh, um, my company has a 401k now. Right. And so maybe I want to learn a little bit more about that. What does that mean for me? And, I think that helps break it down a little bit and make kind of money not so overwhelming too, right? Because as you said, there are a lot of resources. There's a lot to, to money that's out there and it can feel very overwhelming, but break it down and pick just one area at a time. Ask yourself, you know, am I pretty good at saving money? If I am, then maybe that's not the area I'm going to focus on right now. I'm going to focus on, um, you know, managing my money. You know, that's the most important yeah. area for me right now and then go out and learn and, 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 you know, don't let the overwhelming um, resources out there, don't let those get to you. Um, I say pick a couple of people that you feel really good about listening to, right? And then just follow them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, don't keep looking yep. for more people and more people. Just pick, you know, two, maybe three that have some good pieces. You don't have to agree with everything, but have some good pieces that you feel really good about. And then f- just follow them. Um, and then yeah. that narrows everything down for you too.
1: I think two of those three people should be Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Um, <laughs> self, shameless and, uh, shameless plug there. Um, but exactly, right? Like find a couple of voices that you trust and uh, take it one step at a time. You know, even something as, as simple as saving money, you said a moment ago, like maybe you're good at saving money, but there might be some area there to explore. So, um, In working with the younger couple, um, savings, having savings, like peace of mind, and even like we said, this travel fund where it kind of just sits for the most part until it's time to purchase, you know, some airline tickets and whatever, whatever, whatever. But changing the game there, instead of it being parked in the checking account and getting zero interest, and instead of having it parked in a very, very uh pitiful interest rate savings account, like a tenth of a percent, we went with high-yield savings. We talked about the benefit of putting this in high-yield savings and how you can put that peace of mind fund there and park it. And now it's going to make four or 4.1%, which is not a bunch of money. But when you want something, when you want a liquid asset around and you still want it to make some money for you, a high-yield savings account is going to serve you better than a regular savings account at the big bank.
0: Yeah. And that's just, that's really good financial literacy. I think, right. Is knowing that it's still a savings account, but how can I make it work for me the best way possible? Right. And, and understanding the differences between those. And, and I'm so glad that you brought that up, Nino, you know, because I don't know how long high yield savings accounts have been around. I'm going to guess probably not a super long time. Um, if they have, I certainly wasn't aware of them for many, many years, um, but I try and share about high yield savings accounts a lot now because, to your point, sometimes we do need those liquid assets. We need our money in a in a someplace close, right? That's not tied up, so to speak. But I also want it making as much money as possible. You know, if I keep it in my regular bank, I might earn a dollar a year on it. Where you know, as a <laughs> Um, in a high yield, I might make, you know, a $1,000 a year, right? It's, that's a huge difference when it comes to true financial literacy and having your money work for you. And that's a, that's a, a small piece of it, but I think a wise piece to know. Um, and that's where it comes back to just picking one area to learn about, you know, as much as you can in that one area at a time. And really being intentional, Absolutely. you know, and I'll just throw um, this in there too, you know, being really intentional with your money um, because that's, that's the big, I think the overriding factor of all of this, right. Is really being intentional with your money and all your decisions.
1: Yeah. You know, if we took kind of like an average piece of mind fund, just to kind of calculate the numbers, cause you know, I'm a big number numbers nerd, but imagine you're parking $10,000, as kind of your rainy day fund, your peace of mind fund, you're just, you're going to park $10,000 liquid asset in case of an emergency. Well, if you're getting a 10th of a percent in interest over the course of the year, your $10,000 would have made you a whopping 10 bucks. If you put it in a high yield interest uh, bearing savings account, that makes 4%. Well, now it made you $400. Now, you know, at the end of the day, it's ten grand, so it's like, all right, like ten thousand or ten dollars is certainly not a lot of money. And four hundred fifteen, ish, because I'm sorry, four hundred. I was calculating based off of four point one five percent because I know that mm. that's the going rate right now. But if if we keep it at four <laughs> percent, four hundred dollars might still not seem like a lot of money. But it at the same time, like now, if you had a tire blow and you all of a sudden just needed to replace tire on your car, the interest in your account just paid for your repair instead of it actually coming out of your money. So it seems maybe it may seem a little insignificant, but at the same time, once you actually start to put dollars to it and scenarios to it, it's like, wow, okay, like parking it somewhere where it's going to make four percent at least every year it might be buying me a new set of tires or something of that sort.
0: You know, and I want to, you know, this might be a terrible pun, but it's really the principle of it, right? It really is the principle of once boom, you move boom. into that, <laughs> once you move into that mindset though of making your money work for you, it it's not just the dollars really. It's that whole process that you're going through and that whole mindset of, how can my money work for me? So, Nino, you know, that's $400 a year there. And let's just say, then you're, you've got, you know, maybe you've got some investments that are growing, right? And so that's building there. Maybe you've got some other assets that you've purchased, you know, real estate where you're growing your money there. And while it might not be a lot individually, but you put all of those pieces together and that's how you build wealth. Right. It's, so it's really the principle Mm -hmm. of it. It's not, it doesn't necessarily come down to the actual dollars. It's the process in which you are looking at your money and the process in which you are using your money to your benefit, not to your detriment. And that's where debt, you're, you're taking away all the other benefits of money when you're paying off a lot of debt. I believe you're paying for your past and you're, you're letting your future wait. Right. And so when, Mm -hmm. when you get to use your money in a way that's actually for the betterment and actually for building wealth, um, then life changes, I think, very drastically when you move into that new mindset. And that's where when we're talking, you know, 20-somethings, you do have time on your side, right? And this is the best time, I think, to start moving into these t- types of mindsets of how am I really making my money work for me? High-yield sa- savings account, great, great Great option.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think this is another one of those great conversations where, you know, we start to highlight like where a 20 something can get started. It starts with that vision, it, it continues with a plan. And then it's about, you know, figuring out how you're going to navigate all of that. But I think this is one of those opportunities, again, that if you haven't already, Sit down with Sarah or myself or another financial coach and map it out for yourself. Right? It it's it's time to schedule that free discovery call because this conversation can only go so far in in all of these theories and hyperbole and examples of other people. It's time for what you're hearing other people achieve. That becomes your story. So take advantage of sitting down and talking to Sarah or myself, because as much as I'm enjoying this conversation, I would so enjoy having a conversation one-on-one with our listeners.
0: Agreed. I'll just say agreed.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, with that said, I'll say, as I always do, this has been a great conversation and we'll continue our conversation next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.